everybody and welcome to the Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies, the aspirational podcast for hopeless people. I am your host, Donna Scott. So according to my calculations, this is episode 18, after a hiatus of roughly two months, something like that. Anyway, humongous apologies for the absence. Christmas happened, I got busy I got very, very poorly. I've had laryngitis. And you know what? It's no fun having any cold-related type of illness at the best of times. It's especially not fun when there's an outbreak of coronavirus in the world and everyone takes the mick. And what's more, you can't answer back because you've got laryngitis. Well, anyway, so much has happened since I last spoke to you. I can't be bothered telling you about it. <laughs> okay, I will tell you a little bit. In fact, I had recorded an entire episode uh, a couple of weeks ago, ready to tell you loads of news. And then I got home on Monday night and completely forgot that I'd recorded this thing and should publish it. And then by the time I remembered, <laughs> the news was old hat <laughs> and had been, in fact, superseded by other news. So... One of the bits of news that I had to tell you was that I had a story long-listed for the BSFA Awards. Mm, yeah, indeed. Long-listed. Uh, that was um, Smiley Wakes Up, which is uh, in the publication called Then by Not One of Us. Yeah, so that had been my news. Unfortunately uh, for myself, it's no longer news as the shortlists have come out now. But loads of fantastic people have made it onto the shortlist who are not me. But yeah, pretty much most of them are my pals. So let's hear it for Best Novel nominees Julia E. McKenna for The Green Man's Foe, Emma Newman for Atlas Alone, Gareth L. Powell for Fleet of Knives, Adrian Tchaikovsky for Children of Ruin, and Tardy Thompson for The Rosewater Insurrection. And then for Best Shorter Fiction is Becky Chambers, To Be Taught If Fortunate, Amal El Mokhtar and Max Gladstone, who I've been on the panel with. This is How You Lose the Time War. Uh, Fiona Moore, lovely for Fiona Moore, for Jolene. Jolene? No, it's just Jolene. Uh, I mustn't start singing it. Um, Gareth L. Powell again for Ragged Alice. Uh, Tardy Thompson again for The Survival of Molly Southbourne. And Ian Waits, woo, Ian Waits from Northampton Science Fiction Writers Group and my boss at Newcom Press. Um, he is in there for, with a story called For Your Own Good, which is published in Warism and Other Stories by Luna Press. And then for best non-fiction, uh, Farah Mendelssohn for The Pleasant Profession of Robert A. Heinlein. Then there's Glyn Morgan and C. Palmer Patel. I've been Glyn Morgan. I went for a job, you know, and he got it. Ooh, Glyn Morgan. Ah, she is lovely. Um, and his, uh, his piece is called Sideways in Time, Critical Essays on Alternate um, History Fiction. And then there's Gareth L. Powell um, with About Writing. Um, I was going to say uh, On Writing, but that's Stephen King. Different preposition. And then as Adam Roberts for H.G. Wells, A Literary Life. And Joe Lindsay Walton. One of our vector editors for Away Day, Star Trek and the Utopia of Merit. And then you have the pictures, pretty pictures, best artwork. There's H and Rachel Vale. Not to be confused with, you know, any other famous people called H. 
and there's no H in there. H and Rachel Val for the cover of Deep Light by Francis Harding. We love Francis Harding's books. And then there's Chris Baker, a.k.a. Fangorn, for the cover for War and Other Stories by Ian Waits. Then there's Julia Lloyd for the cover of Fleet of Knives by Gareth L. Powell. And Charlotte Struber for the cover of The Rosewater Redemption by Tarde Thompson. And Richard Wagner, Wagner, or Va- Wagner? I'm, um, stop, no. Wagner, Richard Wagner for the cover for Interzone 284. Yeah, I wonder what that's called. They're normally called things. But yeah, I didn't make it onto the shortlist this time. But thank you ever so much for whoever nominated me, because you have to have so many nominations to actually get on that list. So I'm, I'm really happy with that. Thank you very much. I am chuffed. And get that Gareth L. Powell, eh? Three lists he's on. Flippin' heck. That's some going, Gareth. But I haven't quite decided whether I'm going to EasterCon at all this year. I had said I wasn't going to go at all, but I'm not entirely sure whether I'm going to pop down for a day or so. Especially to go and see my friends who have been nominated for awards to see if any, how many of them get an award. I mean, it sounds a good chance because I, I know most of the people on that, that list. So somebody I know is going to get something, isn't they? That'd be good. Um, but my next planned convention is StokerCon. Uh, I've not been to that before, so I'm really looking forward to it. And I've worked out on my planner that that is in like 60 days time. So that's pretty much two months. And at the moment, I am feeling huge. Huge. Hugely huge. Um, basically, what's happened was... Um, now that I've had my giblets removed, uh, in order to sort of like save my bones, I have gone on the HRT. And honestly, getting them has been a right palaver. And I ran out of patches. And so I was without any hormones in my system for about a week. And that was a, a, enough time for me to uh, lose the ability to sleep. <laughs> and just be hungry all the time and I feel really fat now somebody on my Weight Watchers group said that you know having HRT does not make you magically lose weight this is true but what oestrogen in a patch will will do is it will put oestrogen into your body (laughs) and having it there means that you don't feel like crap all the time <laughs> so you know stress isn't it oh and i've got to mention the b word the b word is bugging me out that b-r-e-x-i-t um especially the it bits of it are my life Ugh. you guys have no idea everything we're doing in the background to try and mitigate the problems that it's going to cause at the end of the year, we are going crazy. <laughs> Hopefully, the efforts of me and lots of other people um, will help other businesses, you know, not feel the impact so much. But, yeah, Brexit. I'm sorry, but there's absolutely nothing good about it. Blue passports, eh? They're blue passports. Oh, I am made sure that I have got my e card. <laughs> 
so that if I if I need to when I travel this year, I'm at least covered for that. And what's going to happen next next year? Well, I don't know. Will I will I travel anywhere? I'm going to make the most of this year. Take say that of you know the freedom of movement that we've still got for now. I might go to France. I'm definitely going to go to Spain. Um, beyond that, I don't know. Um, was the hairdressers on Saturday? Yeah, don't panic. I, I am not like a My Little Pony coming out like I've just stepped out of the salon. I just basically go to a bloke's barber's where they have a special price for long hair, and the bloke won't touch me because it scares him how much hair I've got. But the, but the the lady there, she goes, oh, you've got such lovely long hair. Do you want it like an almond like you have already? That's basically, I've grown my hair for a year and not cut it. Or do you want it straight across the, the bottom? And I go, have it straight across the bottom, please. And then I there's like a rug on the floor and it's cheap. Uh, because I still hate going to the hairdressers. And at least there I'm like, do you, can, you, can you see me? You see me in five minutes. I haven't got time to panic <laughs> or imagine myself going bald. So I'm in and out. <laughs> I like it very much. What can I say? These things stress me. Yeah, so I, I have a real fear of going to the hairdressers and what is it called? Tonsurphobia. But at the same time, I'm stress plucking my eyebrows. What am I doing? <laughs> Brexit! Brexit is making my eyebrows look shit! <laughs> but my hair on my head is fine. Ah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing with my eyebrows. I'm like the reverse Dennis Healy. I'm like, I've got bald patches. I have to paint them in now. So yeah, I'm in the hairdressers on Saturday. And there was a couple in front of us, and they were talking about where they were going, Oh, are you going somewhere nice? Uh, oh, we're going to Cyprus. And then um, we started talking about, like, well, that sounds lovely. And um, we would like to go to Japan. And we're not, not planning to go right away. I'm learning Japanese. We're learning Japanese. Uh, we went to see Baby Metal the weekend. It's all Japanese, Japanese, Japanese. But, yeah, we've started watching James May on Amazon Prime. Um, that's a really good series. I've, I'm pretty convinced now that James May was the glue that held together the former Top Gear presenters. Um who are just crazy and he is just generally an, an, a nice kind of grumpy um how do they call him he's like he's a cabbage roll <laughs> he as in um oh i love the way they describe him as a cabbage roll he's like kind of like he looks kind of soft on the outside and you have to get to know him to um appreciate that he inside he's made of meat <laughs> Um, which I laughed and said, ha ha, it's like, he seems nice, but when you get to know him, you realise he's a prick. <laughs> but no, he seems nice, he seems nice. Uh, I don't think James is a prick. But um, yeah, he, what he does, going around Japan and looking at culture there and stuff, and uh, at least trying to get on with the language, is, is a really good series. He And occasionally he wears a kind of like a cream jacket like Michael Palin did when he was travelling. Um yeah, Michael Palin did a lot of travelling in a cream suit, didn't he? Didn't get dirty, even though he was like travelling on proper naval vessels and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, James May's programme, Amazon Prime, it's I recommend it. It's really, really good. So anyway, I'm in the hairdressers. I mentioned that we go, we want to go to Japan um, to this, this other couple that's in there. And they start going, well, why do you want to go there with all the coronavirus? Yeah, 
So, you know, that is where the, the, the racism against the Chinese has spread now to Japan. <laughs> Good grief. I mean, I could, I could be generous and say that they weren't being racist about the fact that there is corona, there is coronavirus in Japan. Um, but, um, it's ridiculous. Like, the world is so big. <laughs> There are so few cases of coronavirus. I know that the World Health Organization is saying that, you know, that it's dangerously close now to it not being contained. But it's still, you know, the vectors uh, of growth involved are, are not that worrying at the moment. Just practice good, good basic hygiene, people. She said, don't look at my bathroom. It's covered in mould. But honestly, you, wash your hands. Um, cough into a hanky or the crook of your elbow I've read so yeah, avoid touching people's elbows because they might have been coughing into their elbows <laughs> oh dear but when you think why, why would it be a problem to go to Japan in a few years time we'll all be immune to this thing by then <laughs> good grief but yeah I've read online and things that you know there's been proper attacks on people um, for who, who look Chinese because because people are idiots people I'm no longer surprised by them quite frankly but luckily not all people eh some people are pretty brilliant not just myself of course oh yeah by the way did a pub quiz last week won okay we came second but actually won if the other team had added our scores up properly and won some cherry wine which I now can't drink because I can't drink anymore because I drank rather a lot last week and my Fitbit has gone crazy honestly you know how I'm on my Fitbit all the time and it basically rules my life um, well I got a new Versa 2 for Christmas and it's been ruling my life even more I love it, I love it, I love it but it's stressing me out. So it makes me be ultra competitive with all my friends at work who I, we have competitive tea making because it gets to 10 to the hour, the buzzer goes off and I'm in the kitchen. Um, my friend Trace is in the kitchen and we're there making cups of tea just to get a few steps in because <laughs> it's roughly the right amount of steps to the kitchen and back. And then we've got a cup of tea for the hour it's either making a cup of tea or going to, going for a wee. So tea one hour, wee the next hour. And that's how we're running our life now. And then just checking up on each other, going, oh, so-and-so's ahead. We better get some more steps in. I mean, it's good, it's good. Um, but I'm not sure whether or not it's the, um, the work stress drinking <laughs> that I have been doing. Um, I mean, I, I just decided last week, I said, I've had enough. I went, that's why I went to the pub quiz. I was like, oh, I really want to get uh, have a drink. <laughs> does that sound like an alcoholic to you? Of course it does. That's what I was saying before. I was saying that all last year. I stress drink and stress eat and stress pluck my eyebrows. <laughs> Maybe I should just calm the heck down. But yeah, so this thing gives me a report on my sleep. And I've, you know, not been getting good sleep. I've been getting really terrible sleep, but I didn't realise how bad it was. And it, yeah, I'm looking at it on my wrist right now. So apparently I was awake for 53 minutes during my sleep. 
and um, they had um, 47 minutes of deep sleep, 3, three hours 36 of light sleep, and 1 hour 15 minutes of REM. And that was quite good. Um, and it tells me just how restorative my sleep was as well. You know, how much of it was uh, below my resting heart rate. Now, my resting heart rate was, for ages, 59 BPM. This is technical, isn't it, Donna? Yes, it is. 59 BPM is very, very good. So anywhere between apparently 59 and 100 BPM is normal, which is an awfully long, big range, isn't it? And at the moment, my resting BPM is a terrible 68. So um, it has gone up by nine points. Uh, what hasn't gone up is my cardio fitness score, which over, since Christmas has gone from 34, excellent, excellent, after I was doing hiking and things, to now I'm back at the office and having recovered from laryngitis and having hit the source because of Brexit, I have gone down, I went down to 31 cardio fitness score. Um, and I was, I, I mean, like, I recorded my podcast two weeks ago and I was like saying oh apparently 34 is very good and then it says underneath like a little caveat for women for a woman of your age very good for a woman of your age so it was like damning bit bit damning you know all oh, that's very positive and eh, not so positive and then went down to 31 and it's average for a woman your age and that made me feel awful and then this week it's gone down to 30 30. I, I'm, I am distinctly average for a woman of my age. And I, this has now gone past the point where it should be, you know, counting the laryngitis week. So, well, a couple of weeks. I was ill for a couple of weeks, really, and then not quite so well for a third week. So I was pretty ill for a while. But that is terrible. It's like I'm about to die or something. And I've got to do something about it. My heart rate's too high for me and my cardio fitness score is way too low. So I am obsessed. It, but you can tell a thing from my voice. Am I calm? Am I heck? Um, I better start listening to some of these. Um, I've got some apps on my phone as well. And there's a there's an American voice guy called Marty. And he does this awesome sleep app. And it sort of like says... It says... Your body knows how to sleep. And do you know what? Just not, just hearing that is amazing. <laughs> and you go, oh yeah, my body does know how to sleep. And then um, do the thing called a body scan. I've had enough scans, I can tell you. I had a few last year. But this kind of scan is when you basically imagine that you can feel the mattress. and Well, yeah, you should be able to just feel the mattress rather than imagine it. But you have to like do the psychological trick on yourself as well. So imagine you can feel the mattress underneath all your limbs and then your limbs are really heavy and then you just go up and down uh, your body, scanning your body with your brain and then at the end of it, it says, it goes like la 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 and providing you're okay and you are amenable to sleep, you won't hear him say, rest well at the end. Because I've done that a few times. It just goes, rest well. Or if your crazy neighbours start having a street fight in the middle of the, the flipping street. Because that's happened a few times now. And, you know, it was either 
worse is that you're in that state where you like you can't even get out to sort of like out of bed to sort of poke your head to the window and yell them to shut up because you're actually too tired to do that. So you just like lie there and you are just willing for Marty on your app to talk a little bit louder than they are, than they are, so that you know he can drown them out. But that's not really conducive to getting a good night's sleep. Anyway, I like those apps. That's quite cool. Some of them are a bit awful, but you know, you get used to them. You 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 pick your favourites. Um, having a bit of variety is also good. Um, I mean that, that's good. I mean, I, I, there's a girl at work who does ASMR. She records it. Uh, oh, I, don't, I don't get that, guys. Also, it sounds like a rude sexual move. And if it doesn't sound weird to you, all I'm saying is you'll never think of cash points in the same way again. Anyway, how are you? Um, I'm pretty much most of the way through the podcast now and haven't even asked you, have I? That's so rude of me. Anyway, I hope you're doing really well. I have just had an amazing weekend. Uh, Been doing a bit of travelling. We went to Manchester... Manchester, um, which we haven't been to, I think, since we did a convention there a couple of years ago. But this time we went to go and see the band Baby Metal. Ah, yeah, Baby Metal, they are a kawaii metal J-pop group put together by the Muse Talent Agency. And they consist of the backing singer, the the backing singers, the backing band, the Avengers, and um, uh, lead singer, Sue Metal and Moa Metal, who does screams and vocals, and it was You Metal as well, but she's had to leave the band. And so on tour, they're supported by various other people from the Amuse agency. But I think on this occasion, it was Kano, who I think we saw in Glastonbury when um, when Baby Metal played there. She's very good. Um, I don't know whether they won't let her join Baby Metal. <laughs> She, because you know, it's, it's a really hard job doing all the singing and the dancing and the singing and the dancing. Um, they're amazing. Was that the best gig I've ever been to? It might just be the best thing in the world I've ever seen in my art in my life. It was amazing. Only an hour show, but what do you expect? Like somebody was complaining to my husband, uh, saying, "Oh, it's about the shortest gig he's ever been to." Well, he's clearly not been around many of the gigs in the 90s with the boy bands because they were 20 minutes long and you paid a fortune for those. My sister went to go and see E17 and um, my mum and dad thought they'd have time to have a meal at Birmingham Airport and they never did. Yeah, it, you know, just think about what they're doing when they're on stage. At one point, star jumps and then singing at the same time. is It is incredibly energetic. It wasn't a full uh, backing band because there's no keyboards, but there is a backing track, and that goes very well with the, like a video backing track, so that they're able to get uh, Joachim Bokun Bokem from Sabaton uh, doing the uh, backing to um, Omagini on the video, and the girls were seamless. It was amazing. Um, what well, I was like the experience of going to see Baby Metal in Manchester at the Apollo was. Um, so so good so so good uh they have a crazy uh but wide demographic of fans so everyone from your yeah hairy metalheads with all the patches on their jackets they're all there in abundance uh to um some girls dressed as elves we saw they look good 
very, very elaborate costumes that they had on to um, parents with little kids and kind of creepy old guys by themselves <laughs> as well. They were there. Um, and us middle-aged people who are just about getting away, maybe not, with having bunches in our hair and little cat ears. E. I'm kawaii middle-aged. <laughs> what can I say? I just love it. There's a guy sitting next to me. Yeah, an old guy by himself. I think he said he wrote for a magazine. Um, he looked like he was, could have been my dad or something. But he was like, oh, you know all the words in Japanese. Uh, what can I say? I'll try my best. I really do. I was trying not. I wasn't. I was trying not to sing over it, but I was doing the mouthing, you know. And um, lots and lots of um, disco hand gestures, uh, you know, as, to emulate as much of what is going on in front of me as I can, because I flipping know all the dance routines as well, don't I? Yes, I do. Give me chocolate. <laughs> um, and um, I was in row S in the circle, which is practically at the back. I don't know what it is about me. I always seem to get the very, very high seats, but I'm getting used to it now. I'm not quite so scared of sitting up there as I was. So I was fair bouncing along, and there were people right in the back, so like of the Apollo as well, bouncing along, and um, you know we feel no shame. So very, very happy, and a fantastic weekend in Manchester, and uh, you know went to a couple of Japanese restaurants. Uh, so um, I had sort of like our evening meal. We had an oishi queue. Uh, which is um, which was very near our hotel. Our hotel was the Pendulum, and it's named after Foucault's Pendulum. It has a massive, crazy pendulum in there, swinging along in the in the corridors, and it's kind of labyrinthine as well. It's like near the university. I've got to recommend it. It's really good. And Oishiku, um, Oishi in Japanese for delicious, and has uh, bits on the wall that explain a bit more about the Japanese language like uh, yakitori uh, which is grilled chicken or uh, tori means um, bird or chicken and so yeah I had um, uh, I had uh, some uh, katsu tofu with sticky rice and side of squid with uh, Japanese mayonnaise and Neil had uh, the, the griddled eel uh, which was delicious. I tried a bit of his as well. And some koji chicken, which is like really nice. <laughs> and then the next day, we also went to um, a Japanese restaurant. We went to um, Tokyo Ramen, which is near uh, the Aflex Palace. That was really good as well. I had the curry ramen with soft shell crab and little pickles and egg. And um, oh, just really, really nice. Soft shell crab is amazing. And Neil had the uh, shoyu ramen, which was belly pork, with, again with a little egg and, and lots of uh, nori seaweed and uh, like shredded uh, spring onion. Really, really nice. And of course, had an ocha, which, my, which is green tea. So my ocha. And he had some weird strawberry pop, <laughs> which was like a really old-fashioned bottle of pop with a glass stopper in it. Amazing. He was like so thrilled with that little ball. So yeah, and we did lots of exploring around Manchester, went around the cathedral. The cathedral was lovely. You can tell that it was hit by bombs in the war because a lot of the stained glass that they've got now is very contemporary. 
So a lot of it from the from you know seventies, eighties, nineties. But it's warm. It's so warm in there, and um, they serve tea and biscuits. You know, for donations, it's really really cool. <laughs> and we had a wander around Affleck Palace as well, which I haven't been to for ages. And um, yeah, went in a lucky dip in that uh, on that bottom shop that they have there. So had the three pound lucky dip. So I've now got a bunch of things that I will have to find other homes for. I've got a Bob Marley flipping like so on patch for a jacket. I I, I don't like Bob Marley. Sorry. <laughs> But I also have some things which I can donate to the Extraordinary Time Travelling Adventures of Baron Munchausen, which is my comedy group, you know? Ah, oh, the one that won an award last year for Best Children's Comedy? Yeah. Oh, we have got so much going on this year. Got so many gigs. Uh, yeah, so I've got one coming up on March the 14th in London at the Vault Festival. So I'm going to be there, but... The the guys are there like, every Saturday from now until March 21st. And we just got a review as well uh, at a website called There Ought To Be Clowns. It's a really good review. I'm not sure who wrote it, but by the sounds of it, they got up on stage. And so they said that it was their debut at a festival. <laughs> I won't read the whole thing out, just the end sentence. It says, all vital tales which were warmly hilarious in their creation in front of us, properly entertaining and endlessly watchable. So, well done, guys. And I hope that I am as entertaining when I get to do my show on March 14th. Do come and see me. That's at the Cafe in the Crypt on Leak Street. Anyway, I thought I'd do my podcast this week and actually get around to doing it. I am extremely busy still, but I've got a little bit more time than I was going to have because... The um, gig that I was due to play at tomorrow got cancelled and I've only just found out about it. So I've got no gigs at all, apart from one on Friday, which is at Lawney's Restaurant in Edenstow, near Nottingham. And the headliner there is Ashley Freeze, whose birthday it is this very day. Happy birthday, Ashley! And Neil's got five minutes and I think also playing is... Eric Roy Rushton, who just won Leicester Comedian of the Year. Congratulations, Eric. I'm utterly stoked to be seeing everybody again. So that's the only gig I've got this week, although I might pop into the Arwen tomorrow. There's like a, a, a night at the lab in Northampton called Raising the Arwen. I have been invited to play. Oh, let's face it, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to be there. So come and see me. Uh, doing some poetry. Is it the week, last week or the week before? Late the week before, uh, I was headlining at the Scribal Gathering in the famous Crown, which was the pub used in Withnail and I. I love that place. I had such an immense time. So that's a that's a spoken word and musical night. I did comedy with a little tiny bit of poetry added in. But my goodness, look at the time right now. This is crazy. Um, so I better finish this podcast. But I had promised that when I come back, I would start doing my sketches and things again. And it is News Jack submissions time. But I'm a couple of weeks behind and I haven't written a sketch this week. So what I'm going to do is I'll do a sketch next week for you. And this week I will do you a double set of topical one-liners. How's about that? These are all rejects 
because none of them made it into the show, not even to the recording this time. Oh, and I hope you just, like, forgive me not doing the bongs. But it's so late now. I'm just going to get this done and dusted. Okay. Right, hang on, I'll just do it myself. Bong. <laughs> I'm going to read them out in, in, in not bong order. So some of them are like good weeks, bad weeks, and some of them are like one-liners, but I've mixed them all up. Okay. It's been a bad week for an art critic in Mexico who accidentally shattered an art installation by placing a drinks can on it. It's been a worse week for all the critics who've done the same with Tracy Emin's pieces because nobody's noticed. A badger has fallen through the ceiling of Superdrug in Northampton. Hey, Northampton in the news. Some reckon she was sheltering from Storm Kira. Others that she was fixing the aircon. Anyway, it's not black and white. The government has promised to invest £5 million in buses to be more eco-friendly. But you know, they would save more trees if they stopped axing the roots. MSPs have objected to police in Scotland using facial recognition technology. However, they deny that this is because it keeps mistaking Nicola Sturgeon for Jeanette Cranky. It's been a bad week for fences, as Storm Kira blew lots of them down. It's been a good week for me, as I can now watch EastEnders on my neighbour's massive telly. It's been a good week for Marmite. With their Spread the Love campaign, it's now the spread everyone likes. But it's been a bad week for Steve Walsh, after infecting 11 people with the coronavirus. He's the super spreader nobody likes. Poor old Steve. Didn't mean it, Steve. And these are this week, so these are in kind of order, so I'll start with breaking news. Bong. Yet more Billie Eilish news, as the singer reveals that she and her brother wrote the James Bond theme tune on their bunk beds. So now it's our heads they keep banging with it. A man in Hampshire has described the sight of oranges growing in his back garden as a miracle. You're telling me? It's amazing, especially with all this inclementine weather. Bong. Following reports that Boris Johnson wants to see the BBC massively pruned, we hear that high salary earner Graham Norton has decided to spend the whole week in the bath. And now the good week, bad weeks. It's a good week for Friends fans, as David Trimmer is going to read a bedtime story on CBeebies this weekend. It's a bad week for all the people who want Tom Hardy to come back and do it. He's on a break! It's been a bad week for meat eaters at property developer Igloo Regenerations as the firm won't reimburse any expenses for meat-based food. It's been a good week for Doris, their caterer, as she makes a mean ham sandwich. Very mean. No ham. It's been a good week for astronauts on board the International Space Station as a new antenna means they can send data via a broadband type link rather than sending disks back to Earth. It's bad news for anyone waiting for Major Tim Peake's old love film DVDs to be sent back then. Yeah, my feedback on, on those was that um, Neil did not get the massively pruned joke. Um, he thought the Inclementine one was genius. Well, you know it is. And there was nothing from the Billie Eilish one at all. Um, I must admit, it really it does seem really hard to say. And I don't think he got the, the Friends one. So... If you're scratching your head at that one, you're not alone. So don't worry, next week will be a lot better. I want to write them in the morning. But anyway, I think that's enough from me. So have a good week, everybody. This is Donna Scott signing out. Sayonara. 
You've been listening to The Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies with Donna Scott. Theme music was It Looks Like the Future But It Feels Like the Past by Dr Turtle.